This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Three men, two British and one Moroccan, captured by pro-Russian forces in a disputed part of Ukraine, were handed a death sentence. The Donetsk People's Republic, a self-proclaimed republic in a disputed part of eastern Ukraine, has accused the men of being mercenaries. The two Britons were serving in the Ukrainian army when they were captured. The British government says they should be treated as prisoners of war. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said the brutal battle for Severodonetsk will determine the fate of the Donbass region, which has become the front line of Russia's invasion. About 15,000 civilians are said to be trapped in Severodonetsk and the nearby city of Lizachansk. Meanwhile, the mayor of the occupied city of Mariupol spoke of an unending caravan of death, with up to 100 dead bodies being found in every flattened block of flats. The congressional hearings on the January 6th assault on America's capital begin on Thursday. A House committee of seven Democrats and two Republicans will try to prove that the supporters of Donald Trump who stormed the building last year were part of a coordinated attack on democracy. Separately, the FBI arrested Ryan Kelly, a Republican gubernatorial candidate of Michigan, on misdemeanor charges connected to the riot. Iran began removing the monitoring equipment it was required to install under the 2015 nuclear deal, undermining attempts to revive the agreement. The move came in retaliation for a resolution on Wednesday from the International Atomic Energy Agency criticizing Iran for failing to explain uranium traces found at three undeclared sites. The IAEA demanded that Iran engage with the watchdog without delay. Only China and Russia opposed the resolution. Parts of Shanghai were locked down yet again as China's biggest city continues its Pyrrhic battle with COVID-19. Minhang District, home to two million people, will be the latest to be quarantined. Meanwhile, many temporary testing stations, which must be within a 15-minute walk for Shanghainese, are being made permanent. Last week, China's government declared victory against the virus in Shanghai following a costly two-month lockdown. Paris's police chief, Didier Lallemand, admitted that the policing of the Champions League final on May 28th between Real Madrid and Liverpool had been a failure. The game was delayed for 30 minutes as officers in riot gear prevented Liverpool supporters from entering the ground and tear-gassed the fans, including women and children. Initially, the French authorities blamed Liverpool fans for the chaos. New Zealand announced a plan to tax sheep and cow burps to address one of its biggest sources of greenhouse gases. The country had been criticized for not including agriculture in its emission trading scheme, when almost half of its emissions, mainly methane, come from the sector. New Zealand is home to 5 million people, but 26 million or so sheep and 10 million cattle. Fact of the Day 761. The minimum number of tanks that Russia has lost since the start of its invasion of Ukraine. And editor's note. 
Readers of the weekend edition of Espresso can now enjoy a mini-crossword based on articles from The Economist. Today's edition includes the answers to last week's puzzle. We are also publishing audio editions three times a day to suit listeners in various time zones. Subscribers can either listen directly from the Espresso app or add the audio edition to a preferred podcast app via economist.com espresso. Comments and suggestions are always welcome at editor-espresso at economist.com. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. A high plateau for inflation in America. There's been much talk of America nearing peak inflation. The hope was that price pressures, though still high, were about to start dissipating. But data for May, due to be published on Friday, will show that the peak looks more like a plateau. And an elevated one at that. Economists forecast that consumer prices last month were 8.3% higher than a year earlier, roughly the same annual increase as in March and April. Some of the blame belongs to the continued rise in oil prices, clearly evident at the petrol pump. Worryingly, though, core inflation, which strips out food and energy, is also expected to have remained high. That reflects rising prices for services, which stem in part from higher wages in an ultra-tight labor market. Given this backdrop, the Federal Reserve will forge ahead with further hefty interest rate increases. Consumers, companies, and investors weary of high inflation will be stuck with it for a while. A Cautious Reopening for Japanese Tourism Japan closed its borders soon after the pandemic began in 2020. Even the Tokyo Olympics last year were held without foreign spectators. On Friday, the country welcomes its first foreign tourists back. Yet the doors are only partially open. Entry comes with strict conditions. Those on officially approved guided tours can enter the country. Individual travelers remain barred. Eligibility is limited to visitors from 98 low-risk countries. Chaperones will watch over tourists throughout their visit, keeping records of their movements and ensuring they abide by pandemic precautions, including mask-wearing. Rule-breakers risk being sent home. Japan will also cap overseas arrivals at 20,000 people per day. That is a far cry from pre-pandemic crowds. In 2019, nearly 32 million foreign tourists came to Japan, an average of more than 87,000 per day. But border controls remain popular among the Japanese. A full reopening is unlikely, at least until after elections to Japan's upper house in early July. Missing in the Amazon the search continues for Dom Phillips, a British journalist, and Bruno Araujo Pereira, his Brazilian guide and expert in indigenous affairs. The pair went missing in the Javari Valley, an indigenous territory in the Brazilian Amazon, on Sunday. The region is known for uncontacted tribes who shun contact with the outside world. As in many parts of the Amazon, illegal loggers, miners, and fishermen as well as drug traffickers, 
have increased their activities in the valley in recent years. These incursions have sparked tensions with indigenous groups, some of which have tipped into violence. Mr. Pereira reportedly received death threats before his trip, although it is unclear from whom. Brazil's authorities have been slow to respond. President Jair Bolsonaro, who has long been disdainful of the media, dismissed the men's reporting trip as an adventure. He drew criticism for not deploying the army quickly enough. The world was already watching the Amazon as deforestation accelerated on Mr. Bolsonaro's watch. Now they have more reasons to worry. A bumpy takeoff for the airline industry. The pandemic denied passengers both the joy and pain of travel, as borders were closed and airlines grounded their fleets. Now, as countries reopen, the urge among travelers to make up for lost time is causing misery in Europe and America. Passengers heading to airports on Friday are nervous after weeks of packed airports and delayed or canceled flights, which have left hordes of dissatisfied customers. Some have even been stranded abroad. But this is a sign that aviation is getting back to normal. The number of seats on offer worldwide is close to pre-pandemic levels, but the pace of recovery caught the industry by surprise. Airports in particular are struggling to cope with a sharp increase in passengers and to replace workers laid off during the pandemic. Staff shortages caused by dismissals of ground and aircrew during the pandemic have already caused some airlines to forego adding even more capacity to meet the surging demand. Add the sky-high oil price, and a hot summer could be followed by a difficult winter. BTS's new album prepares for liftoff. Nine years after releasing their first single, BTS, a South Korean boy band, have become one of the world's most successful groups. One of the few K-pop outfits to break America, BTS has racked up a string of number ones and a Grammy nomination. The group has political influence, too. The seven boys have visited the White House and spoken at the UN. In August, their single Dynamite, which has 1.5 billion views on YouTube, will travel to space, courtesy of South Korea's first lunar orbiter. The release of BTS's new album, Proof, on Friday, has attracted corresponding hype. Yet this three-disc release is a little different. It features greatest hits from throughout the band's career, along with previously unheard demos and three new tracks. Cynics will draw comparisons to the interminable box sets put out by aging rock stars keen on bolstering their pensions, but the world beaters of BTS, none of whose members is yet 30, can safely ignore the naysayers. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent 
on Saturday. Friday, what was the first Broadway musical to be written by Lin-Manuel Miranda? Thursday, which actress won two Oscars in the 1970s for Clute and Coming Home? The winners of last week's crossword. Thank you to everyone who took part in our new weekly crossword, published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners, chosen at random from each continent, were Asia, Rahul Kumar, Robert Sganj, India, North America, Todd Johnson, Ontario, Canada, Central and South America, Sylvia Frond, San Salvador, El Salvador, Europe, Brian O'Connor, Limerick, Ireland, Africa, Ewan Hickling, Pretoria, South Africa, Oceania, Graham McGuire and Carolyn Llewellyn, Como, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Coral Reefs, Congo, LGFV, and Samoa. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Alexander the Great. Know ye not that the end and object of conquest is to avoid doing the same thing as the conquered? That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.